Good evening, Shropshireans, and welcome to Slow Motion Triple Feature, a podcast in which three friends watch three movies over the course of three weeks. <clears throat> Each month, a different friend will select a different triple feature for their friends to enjoy and discuss. Slow Motion Triple Feature is one of the many fine podcasts brought to you by the American Friend Institute. I am your host, Mike Keller, and I am joined today by my good friends, Kit and Andrew. Tonight, we are finishing off Andrew's Puritan Ladies Triple Feature with 2019-2020-2021's The Delivered, a.k.a. Fanny Lie Delivered, directed by Thomas Clay. All right. I think it's, I think it's, I think The Delivered is like the American title. Uh, okay. I'm pretty sure. Also, it's very funny because like it does make it kind of hard to find in so- mm-hmm. sometimes. Yeah. But like. Also, the 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 artwork for the delivered is very different from Fanny Lie delivered. Like the the artwork for delivered is just a, which is funny, is just a picture of Charles Dance, uh, and it looks like a a like a like a movie from the nineties. Yeah, weird. Anyway, that and the other one is good, but I actually think it might be the reverse. You think you think the delivered is the UK. Title? I think so because here's mm. why because the Fanny Lie delivered poster the better one mm-hmm. looks so much like an A24 poster that it I, makes me think they're mimicking the witch or that style of horror film for like a, a an American audience and then Fanny in England means vagine you got a good point there you know, so I don't know. It, it wouldn't says, be the first time that the Americans did something better than the British. It says Fanny. No, no nor the last. So on IMDb, <laughs> it says Fanny Lie Delivered is the original title. The Delivered is the retitle. But I don't know ah, what right. that actually means. Like, I don't know for region what that means. But yeah. Right. Well, I'm feeling very 17th century today. Uh, yeah. I, uh, I'm all, I'm, so one thing you may not know about me is I'm always looking for ways to make sleep better. Like mm-hmm. more pillows, uh, different positions, and uh, last night I I I tried sleeping in a nightgown. Yeah, and it was incredible. Huh? It's so it was so good. Weird. Where'd you I get a nightgown? I want to see the nightgown. Yeah, it's a uh, it's this it's this it doesn't look like it's from the 17th century, but it's just this like I found this thing on Etsy. It's just this very tall like. It's like a like a very thin hoodie. Like it has a hood. It's got a pocket for snacks, um, <laughs> which is great. Um, huh. But it just kind of looks like a little like a like a patchwork or something. But uh, now you just need yeah. a nightcap. Get like the I, little. Well, no, I've got a hood. I don't need it. It's built oh, in. Oh, it's got a hood. Okay. Well, See, that's wow. the thing. Is it's 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 sort of like a seventeenth century, you know, uh, garment, mm-hmm. but with. A 21st century sort of sensibility, you know. Right, right. Is it long sleeved? Of course. Man, you don't get hot. No, it's so thin. It's like mm. it's like it's re- it's nice. So are you it's, fully it's naked nice. under it, or do you wear underpants? Mike, of course I wear underpants. Oh, I'm not know. an animal. I've never worn a nightgown. I don't know. I don't know what you're supposed to do. I think you're not supposed to wear. I, th- I think you're supposed to free ball it. I think you're supposed to, but okay. that's not me. Because then you would be also, like sleeping naked, but you would be in your own little clothing i don't yeah i i have a thing about i have a thing about underwear where i feel like there should always be a barrier between Mm -hmm. yourself and whatever you want to be clean Mm. well that's the whole 
the nightgown would it could be not be more the opposite. The nightgown. Well, would no, be. but here's the thing: you don't want to wear like people. People will wear a. Think about jeans. Do you wash your jeans every single time you wear them? No. Okay, so if you're a dude who doesn't wear underwear and you wear jeans, you've got means you're wearing poopy pants every day. Oh yeah, no, no, I'm not talking about jeans. I'm saying like the nightgown would be what would keep your sheets clean. So that way, you know, you don't no. have to clean your sheets more. When you no, just no, clean your because nightgown. no, because then that because means I have like, to wash. That means I have to wash my nightgown every single day. I think I can. I think you can. Well, like, I mean, you, could, I, you could probably I do wash my, every few days for the nightgown. No, not How if much my, shit not is if in your my, ass. not if my bare ass is farting into it while I'm sleeping. <laughs> I mean, are you guys' butts like way dirtier? Like, I, no, my butt. First of all, let me tell you, my butt is extremely clean. Hmm. So, but still, I have to see farts, that to believe it. Fart, <laughs> farts do happen and that and that is just a that is just a truth of humanity so know. like my clothes always smell better after i wear them so after you <laughs> fart into them after i wear them okay well <laughs> to remember though every time kate has to fart she takes all of her clothes off and goes and <laughs> she goes she, go, she That's does what you should she, do, Andrew. She, she goes she takes all of her clothes she goes and she stands in the shower Turns music on as loud as possible and screams. <laughs> I had a friend who used to have to, oh, oh boy, used to have to go home. Oh no! To poop. Wait, yeah, who? Because he or she oh, I do had to take a bath afterwards. Oh, is that? I why? don't know. Should we not put that in the pocket? I mean, we don't know who it matters. But, He's uh, a doctor now. So Oh, it's or, not who I'm thinking of then. Who are you oh. thinking of? <laughs> well, Cody. Cody used Well, I to know do that. that. I know he used to leave. To you know somebody see, else? Think, yeah, I think. But he didn't take a bath afterward. Well, I don't know. No, he, Cody didn't. Maybe I understand. Not. I mean, I think it's sad, but I can understand people who are like, I have to poop. I'm going to go home. <laughs> like, okay, that's not that weird. But to then, like, have to take a bath <laughs> afterward, that's so, weird. I got two stories now. <laughs> Okay. We talked about, uh, well, I'll, I'll just start with the, the poop story. So I had a roommate sophomore year of college who was so bad at doing his part uh, that one of our things is that we would <laughs> rotate buying toilet paper for the apartment. And so, like, if we were out, it's like, okay, it's this roommate's turn. And uh, he just, he didn't do it. He just didn't get around to it. And so we were all finding ways to cope. I got my own roll of toilet paper and just kept it in my room and would bring it back and forth to just make a point. Like, you know, under lock and key. Yeah. Like buy some toilet paper. And, uh, what he would do, the roommate who did not buy the toilet paper, he would poop and then he would just get in the shower every time. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, it was, so that pissed me off. But then my other story is funnier. We were talking about sleeping and, uh, I had a friend or I have a friend who, this was a long time ago, but in high school, uh, his, I guess, like, Jewish youth group, I don't know what they were called, where they were some kind of thing like that, but they came to wish him a happy birthday, like, wake him up on the morning of his birthday, and um, he had slept naked that night, <laughs> and so he was just in bed, like, you know, desperately hoping that, you know, like, you know, nobody was going to say, like, come on, get up, where it's your birthday, and, like, you know, he was in bed <laughs> nude while, like, multiple people, boys and girls, came in, and woke him up for his birthday to, to celebrate his happy birthday. And, the number uh, of times that Andrew has woken me up when I'm naked in bed is <laughs> countless, yeah. I would I, say. I didn't know that. <laughs> no. Clearly you didn't. There you go. <laughs> but yeah. Anyhow, how about this movie we just watched? I actually just watched oh, it. Yeah. I watched it this morning. Me nice. Too. Oh, wow. I watched it last night. Yeah. I usually do, yep. but I was hanging out with Steve last night. So, How's Steve doing? <sighs> He's doing pretty good. Yeah. That's great. Good to hear. Yeah. 
But uh, so um, Andrew, so tell us. I, yeah, so I, I, I every now and then, um, I'll like just look for lists of um, movies, like best movies you haven't heard of in whatever year. And most of the time, it's like, okay, this is actually just regular stuff. Hmm. Um, but like, uh, this one actually might have been on from like RogerEbert.com or something, because he used to do that. He used to do that every year. He'd do a list of movies that like people hadn't really heard of. Um, Anyway, uh, I just watched this on a whim. Like, I had knew nothing about it. Um, and I just really felt like... I think the, the thing that I love most about this movie is that it's about a character who people underestimate and who, by the end, sees through everybody else's bullshit. Um, and I think, too, that, like... In in the in terms of the world we live in right now, where you either have to be one thing or the exact opposite of that thing, um, and in a way, those two things aren't that much different. Um, I think I just think it's an interesting parallel, and it's also kind of like a, a to me like a, a hopeful thing to see that like oh actually somebody can can think and feel and do whatever they want and whatever is true to them. And um, you don't necessarily have to f- follow whatever, you know, philosophy is popular right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, uh, that's that's kind of the thing that drew me to it. Also, um, I think just like the location is very pretty and there's some very impressive photography and there's only a few characters in this movie, but it, and it all takes place on this farm. But I think it doesn't really feel dull um i think they kind of get the most out of it and i think the 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 pacing is pretty good um the other thing that i think is interesting about this movie is it took like seven years to make <laughs> like it took a very long time for this dude to get this movie made wow. um and it was made for ex- very very little money um i think the budget was like 1.5 and then it ballooned to three million uh, and took, yeah, like six or seven years. And the director just had to, like, keep giving himself more tasks. So, like, originally, like, he wasn't going to do, like, all of the post-production. But he did, like, the color grading. And he did, like, the assembly edit. And he did the score. Um, partially because it was, like, as they got further into the process, the thing that he saw in his head was even more specific. And he felt like, you know, it's like, I guess I have to do it because no one else can do it. But... Uh, it also was like a money thing. So anyway, uh, it's kind of highlights of why I like this movie. Mm-hmm. And also it, it, uh, I did want to watch this with you guys, but I think it was like when somebody recommended like, oh, we could do this with the witch and something else. I was like, oh, that sounds great. Mm-hmm. So, but this was one of my, this is one of my favorite movies, uh, from the last, like last year. Well, it actually came out in 2019, but I saw it in 2020. Right. Interesting. And then, Kit, you hadn't seen this one before? No. Okay. Um, well. I hadn't heard of it until Andrew mentioned it. Okay. It was one of his favorites. Yeah, and, like, I had heard of it. I think it kind of, like, it must have come out on, like, VOD it, one week and, like. It, yeah, it was, like, a movie that I feel like they were, uh, people were, like, wondering when it was going to come out at, like, Cannes or something. Like, I was reading about oh, yeah. that last night. Like, people would, like, they would think, like, is 
is this movie coming out this year? So I think it had some, it had some buzz. Um, I have not heard of Thomas Clay's other movies, but apparently they've got some, he's got some clout from that. Okay. But he makes some movie like every decade. Like it, he just takes a really long time. So people are kind of yeah. anticipating it. Hmm, yeah. Um, well, yeah, like my, I, I thought I did like uh, the sets, like the, I don't know, production design and all that type of stuff. It was kind of cool. Um, I like the music uh, pretty well. Uh oh. <laughs> I did not like the movie that much, but I was curious okay. to hear like what you thought about it. Cause like, and I mean, it's like, I looked at Rotten Tomatoes and it's like 90%. Um, the, there was little blurbs that I read a few of them and like, um, I wouldn't say I hated it. I just kind of was like, like it felt like uh, at points it reminded me of like funny games, like the Haneke yeah. thing. And uh, it is, yeah, a yeah. little bit. And that's just never been like my, I've never been a movie I've liked that much. I was going to say, yeah. It's not, hey, that, I think funny, fu- no, maybe, maybe, funny games is more, is much more of like a fuck you to the audience. Well, um, yes, but just it's, the it's, it's family cru- Like that movie is, that that movie is an experiment in cruelty. Yeah. Um, this does have definitely the like home invasion sort of stuff going on. Yeah. Um, but it's much more of a character study, I think. Yeah. And I felt like as far as like the character, like a fanny went, I didn't really feel, I don't know. And you know, I, w- I watched this when I first woke up and so maybe I was slow to be picking up, uh, clues or just, you know, I don't know. I just didn't feel like I had a real window into her. Like it was confusing to me. Okay. Why she, so she lives there with her husband. Clearly he's kind of, you know, a brute, you know, um, he's not, he doesn't seem like a kind husband. Uh, but he also just from what I know of the era, he doesn't seem like, like that terrible of a husband. Possibly. I I think, I think you're meant to feel some sympathy for him. Yeah. Okay. And so, yeah. So it's like, I got that. Which I think is interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, especially as the movie went on, I was like, okay, like they see that this guy's not like, does not, it it almost felt like they like, like it almost felt at points like I was supposed to take the side of, was it Thomas? Like kind of the guy, the other, the younger guy. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. So it felt like at times like I was supposed to be like, cause when he's like walking around, like philosophizing and stuff, like it was like, you know, and not like you're supposed to think he's a totally good guy, but it was just sort of like, you know, uh, he was sticking it to the old fuddy duddy, uh, whatever the other guys, the older guy's name was, um, John, John. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like I said, I wasn't ever really sure where the movie landed, uh, or I guess the filmmakers landed, uh, which isn't necessarily bad, but it was just kind of like, it made it hard for me to have any sort of dramatic investment. I don't think or, you, do you mean like, do you mean to say that you expected it to land on one side or the other? Um, Kind of, or just somewhere like because um, I think I think it's the po- the point is that it did I think is that it doesn't yeah I think the yeah I think the point is that both of these people uh, are kind of they first of all they're using they're using uh you know ideological belief to control this to control people I yeah. mean, that's that's the way I see it like okay. Thomas Thomas becomes I think his true self when he's at the height of his power. I think John, I think John is a little less full of shit. Like, I think I, I think I believe that he believes the things that 
he says and does are righteous. Mm-hmm. Um, but Thomas, I don't, I have a, I have a hard time trusting in the least bit. Yeah. I think um, I'm just so but, much more sympathetic to John, like not just like personally, that's... but just like, like, I mean, like I, my whole, I'm not, I'm not, not an expert. I haven't touched this stuff for like 12, 13 years, but like my thesis was on like witchcraft and witch hunts and the, you know, uh, in basically England during the civil war. So this is just kind of right after that. And like the whole point of my paper was like trying to understand how this happened from the eyes of the people, you know, carrying the, like these hunts out. And like, um, so I think, and it wound up being kind of a weird paper. I remember presenting it to like, uh, the three professors that I presented it to and like feeling like, like, it's like, I'm not saying this is okay. I'm like trying to say like, which is a position I'm in so often in life, but, uh, <laughs> uh but just like, you know, yeah, I don't know. I think I was just so much more sympathetic to John and I could see like, granted, like, you know, there's a way to have the values he has and be kinder. Um, but I don't know. I just felt like like he thinks what he's doing is for the good of his wife and his son. But and but I think I think the things it sounds like you're you're listing these as 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 problems with the movie. But it, I, I think these are right. things that the movie wants you to feel. OK. OK. So, yeah, maybe I just haven't resolved it yet. Like I said, I just finished it. Um, no, no, that's fine. But yeah. Um, yeah. No, I think I think I think to- the idea is that, you know, Thomas comes to town with some r- you know, bold ideas. Mm -hmm. Um, And also, you know, Fanny's not like, she's seems to kind of be resigned to her position in life, but uh, yeah, clearly being spanked by your husband is probably not like super fun, even if it's what you're used to. Right. But Um, I mean, so uh, was it Thomas? Uh, The, yeah, Thomas is just so much worse. Like he's like so clearly evil and selfish and like he, kind of he's about to rape her until she sort of takes the joy out of that for him um yes i think but i think i think that that up until the point that he takes them hostage like i think we the audience know Mm. you know we have an inkling of who he is um but i also think that she's getting like she's kind of getting uh fanny's getting you know some you know, some of her ideas, not, it's not just from Thomas, it's, it's Thomas. And then it's filtered through Thomas's wife or I can't remember her name. Rebecca. Um, the narrator, Rebecca. Yeah. So, you know, it's not, it's not just, it's not just Thomas preaching the whole time. Yeah. It's, you know, his acolyte. Yeah. No, I think that's, that's an interesting. So she, so she's, so she's, you know, she's seeing the way another woman is, is living <coughs> Uh, in contrast to how she's living Mm -hmm. and it's like well this looks at least a little bit better okay that's how that's kind of how i read it uh speaking of women what do you think Kit? (laughs) that's a great segue um (laughs) i would say overall i enjoyed it i think that the you know one of the movie's goals is for you to never really know what's gonna happen next and so it changes tone frequently Mm -hmm. and i think that that's all like intentional Mm -hmm. um not that i guess it really matters but i do think that that is like within the filmmaker's control and something that he likes to do and also reading about his other movies seems like something that he enjoys doing um i would say i liked the first half a little bit more than the kind of wilder second half 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's really, I mean, maybe there are other examples of this, but I'm not aware of any other English Westerns like this. And Mm-mm. it's such a, it's funny that I watched Bad Girls yesterday. Um, so I have like, you know, quote unquote feminist Westerns like on the brain, but this is such, there's, I never thought about it before, but there's so many, I mean, I don't, I, I do not know much at all about English history, but there are so many parallels between that time and the conditions of, you know, the frontier in America where there's just been a civil war. Power just like changes hands constantly. It's very chaotic for people living there in both like religious and political terms. Um, and I thought that translated so well to this context um, and made for like just a very, very interesting Western, you know, and there's like, it's just funny to see like the English countryside, but then that shot of them coming upon like the guy in the cage is just like such a classic, like Leon or something like, yeah, totally. Um, <laughs> moment, but it's like, you know, on a heath or whatever, as opposed to <laughs> yeah. in the, in, you know, in the desert or on the, in the prairie. Um, and so like, that was just, that was really fun. Um, I think to me, it was fairly clear that Charles Dance is an asshole, Mm -hmm. but I agree that he, you know, believes in what he's doing. I don't know how that makes it any better for (laughs) the people experiencing what they're experiencing. And I think there was, I, I also think that, um... That Thomas was, I think Thomas says something about how he must have enjoyed slaughtering people, (laughs) basically. And like, you know, when when he was a soldier. And Thomas? Yeah. I think he was pretending to be a soldier. No, no, I'm saying Thomas was saying about John. Oh, yes. He was speculating about how much he must have enjoyed killing people. Mm -hmm. Um, And I mean, I think John basically admits <laughs> that he did in the sense that he was, you know, doing the Lord's work. And there is also something I think, you know, the idea to the extent that the movie is sort of like a meditation on a particular time in history mm-hmm. as well. The John's certainty in the face of the time period in which he lived, his like, firmness in the idea that what he's doing is the right thing when everything keeps flip-flopping like every few years is kind of like a signal of hubris (laughs) you know to put it kindly It, it is one thing I wanted to just add is that I feel like I feel like Thomas kind of falls apart uh when sort of they put him to the test I feel like John like I feel like a lot of what's informed like a lot of what Thomas and Rebecca are the character like they're both calling basically saying this dude's full of shit um like Rebecca said like you know when he's spanking Fanny punishing her you know he said she says something like I'm you know Fanny would uh you know deny it but I I'm I'm sure he was enjoying it or whatever but we never Mm -hmm. actually see no we never see John get any enjoyment out of 
being yeah. an asshole. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't mean it's not true, but I, I just think it's, I think it's interesting. So to me, um, this movie is like the equivalent of, you know, uh, a younger generation screaming at like an 80 year old about, you know, saying the N word 40 years ago or something like that. Right. Um, you know, not that you should do that, but, um, yeah, it's just, it's, I, 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 I find myself, yeah, I find myself much more sympathetic to somebody who is gonna die soon and sort of like, you know, reevaluating who they are at, you know, at, uh, at that age is probably a little more difficult than somebody who's constantly growing and able to accept new ideas. Hmm. So not that we all shouldn't be trying to grow and be better, but I don't really, I mean, I have empathy for everyone in the movie. Um, because I'm a human being, but I, I, what about the sheriff? He's not a human being. I'm okay, pretty sure. Okay, fair <laughs> um, enough. Um, I think, but I think, you know, I don't think, ne- I agree with the idea of like, you know, you can, you should, it annoys me as well as it annoys Mike when, you know, people, don't try to understand the context in which people were operating and that Mm -hmm. it was different, a different time. I don't love that phrase. At the same time, I think there is something somewhat universal in the idea that someone who beats his wife and children, whatever their reason for it, whatever time they're living in, Mm -hmm the values that I have uh, make that wrong. Of course. And he's, so to me, he is wrong. And I do think he is a hypocrite. And I do think that his, his beliefs are like, it's mighty convenient that he reads the Bible and, finds in it that he is to be the you know you fanny is his servant (laughs) like like even even more so i think possibly than other women at this time you know she says she was a servant and he saved saved her from that by making her his you know (laughs) servant like he doesn't really seem to like lift of much of a finger around their house. And we see that she's just constantly working. Mm-hmm. Um, it reminded me a little bit of, of Anya Taylor joy and the witch, just like, not that her dad's not also working, but she's just like constantly <laughs> like, you know, doing hard labor basically. Um, and so I, so yeah, I think Charles, Dances, a his beliefs are hypocritical and and sort of self very convenient and sort of self justifying and that's Mm -hmm. lame. And then I also think that I do think though that it's obvious, like the moment that Thomas shows up, that he's also a fucking prick. Um, And I got really, I think one cool thing that the movie did is I really got worried in that scene of you know them having sex in front of 
Charles Dance. I really thought the movie was going to have her like have her spiritual awakening from that moment. And I'm like, I don't, I'm like, this is, he is raping her right, <laughs> right now. Right. And it just, the it wasn't clear to me. It was like, does the film think that this is sexy and that this is like revelatory? And so the moment when she's like, I'm scared. Like, so yeah, that's, that's the moment that, <laughs> made that's the moment where i was like yes i'm i yeah i'm i'm in like that's that yeah so yeah i think that's that is the the major turning point in the movie <laughs> right and i mean it's it's it, it to me it's like as much as much as i just think that thomas and john are doing exactly the same absolutely thing absolutely um, and it is, I mean, Thomas is perhaps more obnoxious about it, <laughs> uh, but he, I, I do think he believes what he's, it's just like either he, either they're both very stupid or they're both hypocrites. I think another thing that to me makes Thomas the worst of the two is that like, like, I guess I just don't see them as like, well, they're both really bad. Like. Like, John is kind of carried by the, like, sentiment of his day. Like, they, like nothing he's doing is, like, like wrong. Whereas Thomas has, like, gone especially out of his way to do extra bad things, to behave extra selfishly. To, you know, like, he's, like, the, uh, I don't know. He's blazed his own trail of being... But it's Me a reaction to the the flaws of that. Yeah, I don't society. know if I think that's better to like buy in to be the one who buys into well, cruelty because that's what everybody's doing. First of all, John is nowhere. He does nothing nearly as bad as Thomas in this movie. Like, there's nothing. Like, I mean, like he does not approach the you know the the things that Thomas is doing. So, and then secondly, it's like Thomas has gone out of his way to be like bad and mean, like to to find his own justifications, you know for his behavior and stuff like that. And I mean, that's my take on it, but I don't know. I mean, Thomas is an, is an asshole, but like he, in the end, like he doesn't rape Fanny only because he doesn't, she turns his motto around on him and it takes the joy out of it for him. Like his, she says, she says, do what you will. And that's sort of like the, uh, mm -hmm. you know, the do what, uh, what is it? Do what thou wilt is what they're, it's the whole like esoteric or the Al Alistair Crowley type of thing. Um, and yes, it's like, it's sort of like the, I don't know. I know that it's, I'm sure there's a variety of types of Satanists out there, but like, that's sort of the thing. It's like, like live in nature, do what thou will. And like, that's what is morally correct. And so that's the, the, the moral code that Thomas has uh, gone out of his way to adopt for himself and his, the lifestyle he's chosen to lead. And so like, he, he would have gone through that. He drugged her. Uh, you know, he's mm -hmm. got her husband tied it's up. True. So it's like, it's I true. mean, he's not, I don't understand how that's comparable to being like a stern husband. Uh, I, think I don't know. I think, I think that to me, the, the like moral weight of beating your kid versus almost raping someone is not as clear to me. <laughs> Like, See, this, this, is, this is the distinction I'm trying to draw, though, is that like that type of punishment uh, for a child was not something that uh, what's, uh, that uh, John 
like mm-hmm. went out of his way to create and justify for himself. Like right. that's the society he was yeah. raised in. That's so we can from from where we are now, we can say like that's wrong. And but like and like somebody from that time period also could have said that's wrong. But like you know, like like right now, like we're all using uh equipment that was manufactured by slave labor in China. Right. That's wrong. But like we're that's sort of just the ambient immorality of our world right mm-hmm. now. Like we live in that and like our our lives are compromises. Like we choose to accept certain things, we have to accept certain things. Like you know, we don't get to like live exactly by our pure code. Anyways, that's a different tangent I suppose. But like I guess what I'm saying is like John is a product of his environment which is not an excuse for terrible behavior. But I also think that his behavior is just nowhere near Thomas, who is maybe a reaction to his environment, but he's also, you know, he's created these own philosophies for him. I mean, who knows what his full backstory is, but like for what we see in the movie, like he's kind of a trailblazer for this kind of evil. And he does so many worse things. Like, I mean, his, his behavior is so much more destructive to the people around him. Like he's going out of his way to do these things. This isn't his family. This is, you know, I, I don't know. I, yes. Yeah. And sorry, I'm I'm kind of harping on it, I guess. Do you think do you think that somebody coming up with you know, their some new ideas like this mm. and preaching them, do you think they have sort of more of a responsibility to um I don't know, to whatever that whatever the the moral compass is within that system of belief than somebody who is like has old ideas ex- well yeah and is yeah. and is just and is just conditioned because i'm sure thomas wasn't like raised in these ideas he probably it's probably like a thing where you know he went to college and experimented you know <laughs> yeah no and to answer that question yes like yes i do I, I think that okay like there are types of excuses that i make for people in my head that it's like like i said like product of their environment or even like even today it's like, well, I can see why somebody thinks that way. And I think there are types of people who are not prone to reflection or philosophizing or things like that. And so I don't think that they're as bad, you know, because it's just like, well, I never thought about it. I don't I have not reflected on that type of thing. I, I think that somebody who does have that power of reflection uh, that. When if yeah, I think there's, there's kind of an extra burden on them, like when you're breaking with tradition, I think that there is. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. The, the burden of proof would be on you in that uh, case. Now, that's my take on it. Now, they don't have to abide by mor- my morality because they're blazing their own trail. But just mm-hmm. from where I'm standing, that's kind of, I think that's just kind of what my biggest problem with, well, yeah, in terms of the themes, that was kind of where I struggled the most with Thomas. Like, it's just like, this guy's clearly much worse. <laughs> and again, uh, yeah. I think, I think. I don't think that's a problem because I think the movie knows that. Okay. Like he's, he's, he's so immediately devilish just like in the way, like just even, even in those scenes before he starts acting, you know, violent, Mm -hmm. like he's, he's clearly trying to, uh, like he's fucking with their kid throwing, whatever it was, apricots or something at, you know, just like it, like before they, he starts, he's playing with him, but he's, he's, he's being, he's being rough. Yeah. He like jumps on top of him and starts smacking him around. Yeah. He's perfect. He's purposely picking on him. Right. Um, and then, and then, uh, but I also believe that he was very upset 
by the consequences sure. of that. Sure. I Not like that trying too. to justify that, but it's like I think nobody. But I think he probably could have just guessed. a bad guy. I think if he would have taken time to he think should, about, yes, it was reckless of him to do that. But I, but I believe that it. He was not dismissive of the consequences of no. his behavior, I think. Okay. I think you're well, right. Well, then, so we've talked a lot about sort of kind of, and I liked the way you introduced the movie. I hadn't thought of that, like in those terms where you don't have to go, like if you got two bad choices, you don't have to go with one. You can mm-hmm. do anything. So mm-hmm. let's talk about Fanny then, because we've talked a lot about Thomas and John, but like. Sure. Another problem I had was I didn't really feel like I understood how she was tempted by uh, Thomas. I understood her displeasure with John. um, And then I understood her kind of like, I guess maybe like flirting with Thomas. I mean, not like flirt, but yeah, I could, I could see her being just like sort of drawn away by Thomas because he was not John, but then there was like so much other stuff where it was like, I mean, like you said, like from the beginning of the movie as an audience, we're like, okay, this guy's bad news. Um, But yeah, I don't know. I just don't know how things were resolved for her at the end. Her kid was dead. Like, she apparently didn't live that much longer. I think when horrible shit happens to you and you yes. come out the other side a stronger, more knowledgeable, capable person, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that what happened to you was good or that the people did you a favor, but it can still be the case that you are a better person. Okay. Yes. Afterward. Yes, exactly. And I do think there are things that it, to me, it's kind of like (laughs) Thomas can be right about some things and still be an asshole. And I do think some of what he was, saying not his like I should get to have every have sex with anyone I want kind of (laughs) philosophy but the way that he deconstructed um John's beliefs in particular well I can see how they would be at least the idea that anyone could even disagree with John could potentially be something new (laughs) Yeah, sure. for her probably yeah a little a little destabilizing but then also you know i kind of mentioned this earlier but i don't think i think one of the things that resonates most with fanny isn't um necessarily something that thomas said but it's right. something thomas said yes. filtered through rebecca it's rebecca saying mm-hmm. i'm not i don't belong to this yes dude. i'm i'm in we live as equals I think that that idea, probably something Fanny had not considered in a very long time, at least, um, is probably very appealing to somebody who's who who's placed below uh, her, uh, you know, a, an eight year old in terms of like the hierarchy in the household. Who, mm-hmm. who has also been I mean, as we learn toward the end. Nothing but the plaything. I, I mean, John is heroic to her in a way because he didn't rape her basically (laughs) like he 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 didn't hold her past against her at least that's how she you know interprets right like his love for her the soldiers had raped her again and again right yeah and that's another thing that kind of confused me because i was like and like I, i i think that's a good comparison with her and rebecca but I also, it was just like, well, he seems like 
I guess, yeah, like he's a dick for sure by our standards. But from what we've seen of Thomas and what the sheriff, mm-hmm. I don't know what you call him. It's like, I don't he's know. Sheriff. Is, is John so bad? <laughs> like, I think we don't. I think we don't know. I think part of it is we don't know. We yeah. hear what Fanny in her kind of limited view of the world up to that point mm-hmm. thinks of John. That certainly f- what she has to compare it to. Mm. It's better. And she is like a, um, you know, in those early scenes, she, you know, John's always telling her to shut up, but they've been together for a while. He, she's clearly sort of willful and it doesn't, you know, their life seems okay to me. It doesn't seem like a loving marriage, but it seems right. like they kind of accept each other um, for who they are yeah. in a way. But I do think there's a sense in which, you know, we don't know. He's an older guy who finds a desperate <laughs> woman and makes and saves her by making her his servant, basically. And I don't think that means I don't say that to, like, rob her of her agency in the situation or anything. But it's just like she doesn't have a lot of a lot to compare it to. And so I think that hearing from Rebecca that they're even maybe there's another degree of freedom even (laughs) that that she could achieve yeah um like she's better off than she was but i think partially for that reason she has accepted that this is the limits of what she could achieve or enjoy right in life like john is this kind of life good enough for now right but maybe he's way better right well well i mean i don't think that he's that like this is the peak of what she can imagine right. for herself. And I think that meeting these people obviously, you know, almost out of necessity, she has to imagine some kind of new future mm-hmm. for herself now because her son's dead. Yeah. And- I think that's also just like the, you know, the sort of the definitely like the last straw, like she doesn't have like, that's the, that's mm. the, I think she realizes, you know, like all the stuff that happened with with her and Thomas leading up to that point is uh is what allows her to realize that the only reason that she really has to be beholden to John is because of their son. Mm-hmm. Like I I feel like whatever other responsibility she felt like she owed to him like becomes, you know, fairy dust at that point. Also like I mean I think it's ambiguous because he is I think it's ambiguous at the end there. He he obviously is like a fighter. Like he does not <laughs> give up. Mm-mm. Um he keeps I think you could argue possibly at the end that he's like that what he's still defending could be his family, could be Fanny, or it could be just his own kind of dignity and and unwillingness to be beaten. He does seem to view her completely differently after that evening he calls her a whore and well he seems done kind of done with her what there's another thing that i think is interesting it, yes i agree with you but then if you notice uh as soon as he finds his son dead and moments later he hears fanny in the house yeah, exactly you know, cry, he and the way he says her name is very it's very delicate and mm-hmm. um i think from that point I think he also, you know, in the same way that maybe Fanny realizes that, like, we have no connection anymore. Um, I think John realizes I'm alone. 
Mm-hmm. So I think I think he comes back to save Fanny. I because... think that's really interesting. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and very... Like, there's concern. There's definite concern in his voice. Yes. From that yes, point. He does, for somebody yeah. who he was referring to as a whore, you know, right. a few yeah. months right. earlier. Yeah, I mean, maybe he was angry. I would understand anger. Like, being, I, you know, because... Right, but he's also a dick. He's he's never... He's never... Um, he's never... But what you know, did she con- do? Kind... Well, what that's she, the thing. It's tricky because she was drugged, but she was seemingly pretty into it when she was on the bed... And then, you know, he pulls his dick out and he's like, you know, rubbing up on her. And then uh, it would be I could see him being upset and then just being angry. But I'm not I want to try to justify that type of stuff. I don't think I don't think I I just I don't I think I think he is angry, but I don't think his behavior towards her is. Is that much different from what it was? No, earlier in the movie. Yeah. So. I think it's just more of the same. And he's basically saying like, you know, I never had a doubt of this is what, I, you know, so I think it's, it's that whole situation just confirms stuff that he already felt. Yeah. Um, based on his, you know, beliefs. Yeah. It was sure to be a rocky road ahead for them. Had they stayed. <laughs> sure. Sure, <yeah. laughs> sure. But his anger is not rightfully directed at her. She could be, it, it would be equally, I think incorrect for her to be angry at him for not stopping it from happening when he's tied up on the floor. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like she, she's, we don't know what's happening for her, but we know that it's probably or very possibly a matter of survival for her to seem like she's enjoying what I she seems like she's being done to her more than just trying to survive though. Like, you know, I don't think we can know. Uh, she does say specifically that, once she gets off the bed and she's like kind of standing to the side, she says like something. I can't. She doesn't say I've changed my mind, but she says like because she says I want your your prig in me or whatever. Right. Yeah. Because like, he tells her to. Yes, and that was like somewhat compelled, but like. So yes, we cannot know, but like she definitely has kind of a change in attitude from that on the bed when she's like being kissed by Rebecca. Uh, Here's what I think, by the way, hmm. and it's what I thought from. The first scene where she climbs the ladder to look at Rebecca, um, <laughs> Fanny is gay. Sure. So I do think, again, I think it's interesting. It goes back to like what Andrew is saying that like it's not Thomas or John, it's Rebecca, who's not like a great person either, obviously. No. <laughs> um, but I think that I think that there's definitely in more than one way I think it's Rebecca who kind of is maybe the most responsible the for the change in her. Yeah. Yeah, it's tricky yeah. too because with Rebecca as the narrator, Rebecca clearly does narrate things that right. are not accurate to what Fanny seems to be feeling. Yeah. No. So yeah. So right. it does get tricky. Um but yeah, I think there's something to that. I but I kind of read it as she was into both Cause like there's the scene where, uh, fuck, I keep forgetting their names. Thomas is humiliating John by making him go out to the well to get the water. 
and he like puts his like there's something mm-hmm. erotically charged to that like for sure and so like i think she's kind of into it and i was for actually sure. watching like as they were i was watching so carefully as they were on the bed making out um <laughs> so you know the three of them were on the bed like rolling around and i was kind of thinking like is she does she seem to be leaning more toward rebecca here or because i kind of thought the same thing um, she's literally facing Rebecca and she's right. only mm-hmm. she's only doing what Thomas is telling her to right. do. Right. Yeah. And so like how much of this does she seem to be into with Thomas? And and then, like you said, like that was the moment tr- shortly after that where that's where you were into the film. That's when actually the film did get more interesting to me. Cause up until then I was like, what is this whole movie? Like, you know, it, it was a little anyways. So uh but yes, as I was watching that, I was I was seeing like how captive uh, how yeah, how captive is she here and then how willingly is she here um with but with you i think people. but yeah I think well the thing is i don't think there has to be a clear answer here but yeah, i do yeah. think for me it's it's sort of ebbs and flows i think it go you know there's there's points where she's less into it and there's like a a a, a point where she's very close to being into it mm-hmm. i also think that the 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 point where he puts his hand on her on her neck i think that the a I don't know. I don't think there's. I don't think Fanny's uh, sexualizing that moment. I don't know. Yeah, that's. I don't. I think Thomas is. I think he's the one bringing the sex to the situation. Right. Yeah, and it was hard to read um, because we just we had very little. I think she's. I think she's. I think she's actually. I think. I think she's sympathizing with John in that moment. Like, I think she's, I think she wants to go help him. Right. And then, but, um, but meanwhile, Rebecca's narration is saying exactly the opposite. She's saying yes, that in I that think, moment. Well, well she, Rebecca, Rebecca's full of it. We, well, right. I think we know this. But it does make it harder to read that because yes. we don't get anything from Fanny other than just exterior. Um, and yeah, and it's just like, I mean, it's deliberately, it's ambiguous. Uh, but. Yeah, to me, I think, it was I like, think all of, she's. Hmm. I think she's torn. I think, and I think, I've, in a way, I think we can trust the camera because I feel mixed feelings. I feel sorry for John because he's like he's hobbled. He's mm-hmm. older. He, I, I sort of admire his persistence in that situation. Mm-hmm. And then at the same time, I'm like, well, this is the shit that she's doing every fucking day <laughs> and, you know, really doesn't get much out of it except, you know, a uh, sort of unequal relationship with her son and then, you know, getting whipped and sort of chastised all the time. So, like, I could see maybe that it would be somewhat satisfying to see him have to do this himself well but don't we and at this have the assumption that he does the farm work like she does the housework he does the farm work i don't know that we do okay because that would be i mean that's like a lot of times like feminists now will paint the patriarchy of yesterday as like like men just sat around smoking cigars while no, women had we to don't do all the see cleaning. Him like doing any work we see his son doing work. Well, we right. see her doing work. But like work. they live on a farm. I, I don't know. Like perhaps he's the lord of the manor and they hire, you know. I know. I think he, I don't, I think, I, mean, I don't know. Does he have people who work for him? I mean, he's a fairly, I think their house is supposed to be nice. Yeah. It looks nice. I think he, you know, he was a colonel, I think, right? Something uh, like that. Um, yeah. So he might, I don't know. Yeah. I, I think it is somewhat deliberately 
ambiguous. Right. Well, but we we're reading into her with this assumption that he does no work. We're reading into her like she's watching him go to the well and be like, ha, now you have to do it. It's like, we don't know. I, we don't I know mean, I am. I'm saying yeah. I, that is how I, I I read her in that scene as conflicted. I do think that there's some, I mean, it's in the scene where she's whipping him as well that I think she's very reluctant at first. I think she's very, like, sad about being put in this position. And then, obviously, there's also some frustration that is being... <laughs> exercised mm-hmm. i think i, I think you scene. can just be around some like i don't think you have to love somebody i think to to feel sorry like I, like I think you can you can just sort of be near somebody long enough to where you you know them like even though i think fanny you know she probably if if pressed you know yeah spanking me is probably not great and the way he treats me is not great but yeah, I think coming to the end of that, I think it shows incredible incredible resilience to her humanity that, you know, she's able to I don't know, let him to 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 walk away from him but also to to never express like it's not like she ever spits on him or whatever and walks away. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the way she the way she leaves him is just like, "Okay, my time here is is done. I got to go." Uh, I must return luck. to my home planet. <laughs> but you do you kind of know what I'm saying like there's hmm yeah I think that's I think that's what's partially what's so interesting to me and what makes her so compelling is that I think she walks away with a full view of everything and still manages to be a decent person in, in my opinion yeah um, I think it all it also like she presume i mean we're presuming but she's in this relationship one number one for her son i think not like i don't mean that in the sense that like she'd leave if it wasn't for her son but obviously that seems to be probably the great gift of her like relationship with charles dance it's not like a great love between them um maybe we don't but it's interesting that i think that that is interesting an interesting idea cuz i kind of i wonder how true that really is just because i don't think we get a lot of like of a connection between her son and and her um beyond just like well she's his biological mother and and maybe like yeah the the expectation in society of a mother to take care of their child or whatever but i don't you know the father is basically pitting the son against the mother uh, yes, trying, but I do and, think she loves him, and I don't. I'm sure she does, think, but I think she's probably pretty devastated by his. I'm sure that's death. true. <laughs> I'm sure that's true, but I do also think that I think it's also a, a freeing moment, like not having. Yeah, I think there that, that anymore. Could be true. I mean, yeah. obviously, I, don't, I mean, she's probably sad, but we don't see her like weep or like have a meltdown or anything. Like she's just kind of. I think she stands over. Him at well, one Rebe- point. Rebecca, t- Rebecca tells us basically that she never and again it's rebecca but right she never would speak of what they what she saw them do yeah again though to her to i her we son. i would assume that she was sad i just yeah. we don't really but see what it. i'm saying is i think the other thing that she got out of this relationship potentially is security and safety and 
that clearly failed. Mm. So if your son's dead and clearly this relationship with this man can't protect you from harm, then why not? <laughs> I guess strike out. That's that's the other thing that I kind of forget about with watching movies like this is not even just women, but just people in general, just like the threat of death is just everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so it's, it's there is there you know a, a few lashings and somebody calling you a whore every now and then probably is a is a little bit better than you know starving to death or whatever. Hmm. I was watching um uh what was that show? It's uh oh the uh, Dickinson the TV mm -hmm. show, and there's this really funny moment where uh her friend is like she's gonna marry her brother um and they're like in love or whatever and she's like how could you do this how how could you and they speak in like they use like uh what is it uh, like 21st century vernacular mm -hmm. um and uh she's just like my whole family is dead they've all died from typhus like if i don't marry somebody i'm literally going to die like what do you want from me <laughs> yeah mm -hmm. so but i think it's like good to have kind of that context that like you know the 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 world is not like as easy like we don't i don't think either any of us think about death on a regular basis in mm -hmm. in these terms like in, 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 yeah, but I mean, it's just like, in, in, like so immediately, like, I don't think Mike, I don't think you think you're going to starve to death if you don't, mm. you know, or you, you don't think you're going to, you know, freeze to death if you're not married to Lee. No. Although yeah. when I left the house, he's gone, <laughs> I, I called him and I was like, I'm scared that I'm going to get locked out of the house. I'm scared that the car is going to break down. I'm scared that I'm going to go into a place and I don't know the rules and someone's going to get mad at me. Like I was very nervous about like, going somewhere without him. Um, <laughs> um, like getting locked out of the house while he's gone is like my greatest fear right now. And he's like, our maintenance man lives in the building. Like you would be, yeah. you would be fine. It would be, I mean, it would not be funny, but it would be funny if you like starved to death, just like on the door outside your apartment. Yeah. <laughs> People coming in and Lee's out. He's like, I but... was gone for 30 minutes. <laughs> have you never, have you never had to call like a, a locksmith or something? Um, no, like I've can... always had someone else like, like, cause, Lee and I have a key or like if I, I used to I used to I, more than once when I was a teenager or like in college I would I guess in college I would lock the keys in my car with the car running oh, well, <laughs> and I a, had to call my, call my mom and be like I can you come did it again do it again yeah you know I realized it was because if I I had music in, on in my car all the time but if ever, for some reason, I turned off the iPod or whatever before I was going to get out of the car, I would that would like that would ordinarily be my signal of like the car's off, you know, because it would turn off when I turned the key. And so if the music was already off, then I just like get out and shut the door. Like, I'm, yeah, I'm dumb. <laughs> like, I'm smart, but I'm dumb. <laughs> you should get a uh, I mean, this wouldn't help your car problem, but. With your house, you should just get another key made and then just wear it on like a necklace so that even if you lose your main keys, you just got that spare key. I used a great to have idea. a spare key set like in a zipper in my wallet. Oh, yeah. Okay. And I don't anymore. Why? You're... I used to lock my... We moved. No. I remember your mom got me a, uh, a hide-a-key. Hide-a-key. Mm -hmm. mm. Which I had just 
it was just a magnet uh, in my wheel well. And I think I used that no less than a hundred times. <laughs> huh. I'm afraid to say this because if I say this, inevitably I will lose my keys, but I have never lost my key or locked myself out of the apartment. Actually, no, that's not true. I lost my car keys at the movie theater one time when I was in high school, but I had spare. Anyways, so yes. My friend Steve, I think it was Steve, and I could be getting the details of this wrong, but he, you know, he, he still does, but like his last apartment, he was like living with like five people, you know. And I think he never had a key to the apartment <laughs> because he would either just someone would let him in or the door would be unlocked or he'd go in through a window. Weird. Like and he just oh. like There's never. always the window. That's great. People are weird. Yeah. Boys are weird. It's not a yeah. It's wild. Um Well, do we have any uh any other any other notes? I have one more note. Um, okay. I've got a couple too. Although I was gonna say, you said that this is like watching a thirteen-year-old like scream in an eighty-year-old. Uh, you said that a bit ago. Yeah. And I said this movie feels like you let a teenage redditor loose in seventeenth-century England. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it kind of it it kind of is. Yeah, I mean, in terms of Thomas specifically, but my other right. note was that's no way to cook a pig. They uh, I know. <laughs> they just start poking was... with the stick and brushing the hair. <laughs> <laughs> that was a little baffling. Yeah. Um. What, did what I were have? they doing? She just like oh. like the pig is dead. I don't know if they killed it for food or if the pig just died or what. Because at one point he's like Thomas is doing something to the pig, but yeah, I don't know. Uh-huh. Anyway, so then toward the end of the movie, they've got it like on a little fire, and it's just sitting on top of the fire, and it's totally blackened, like charred. And then she's like poking yeah. it with a stick to scrape the hair off. That is not the way you cook a pig. They're they're cook <laughs> they're cooking in in uh, bad girls. They're cooking like rattlesnake and a bunny or something over a fire and i'm yeah. like mm. the snake is just like hanging so like the <laughs> Wait, end like, of the snake longwise like <laughs> no no it's 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 okay. it's la- it's laid over the stick but that means like the ends are way way closer to the fire right than the other part of it so i'm like how is this ever going somebody lo- some people work? like there's some people like their snake tips well done Okay, Actually, and then the, there's other people who want it rare, and then you know. Yeah, they can there you go. See, okay. yeah. snake tips are like burn ends; they're very good. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, that was my last note. Did you guys have more uh, little stragglers? I have. I think I have one little straggler. Well, two. First, I'll say I I loved. Um, what's her name? Maxine Peake. Yeah, she's great. She's a wonderful actress. I thought she actress. was amazing. Is that I Fanny? thought she was like mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. I felt like the movie worked because she. I love Charles Dance, but she is so compelling even when she's like not really I agree. saying anything. So I feel like which is I feel like which I is very see, which is very important because like her right. her presence is purposefully kind of limited. I think in the first half of the movie, but it's like when they say thank when when Rebecca keep you know she's being set up as like this mythical figure kind of for the whole film and i could kind of believe even when she's like yeah you know sort of subdued that she seems very strong and and charismatic and i really liked her Mm -hmm. um and my my other note is again (laughs) second movie in a row where we get the idea that staunch puritans don't think that women should be able to read right. the people most responsible <laughs> yeah. for you know universal education in England and America don't think that women should read and again I was like maybe like I'll 
is this a sign perhaps you know because i was thinking okay so she's like she she grew up like a, a servant i assume maybe an orphan like maybe she didn't have the benefits of education and then maybe charles dance is a hypocrite and he's like i'm gonna take this girl on and preach to her constantly but not not teach her to read the bible even though technically that's obviously what he should be doing according to his own beliefs but i really just think that the only fucking way filmmakers can think of to show you know to 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 identify liberalism versus you know religious conservatism is literacy it's like guess what bitch first of all these were religious radicals not conservatives (laughs) and second they you know they 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 were willing to die for literacy like you know william tyndale who who translated the bible into english for the first time lost his life because of it and then a couple years after his death his bible became like you know the 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 bible under under cromwell the you know the king anyway fucking ridiculous Especially when fair, literacy think, was think a fair of another note. way because Beauty and the Beast does the same. The fucking live action Beauty and the Beast does the same thing where they're like, where this is woke woke Beauty and the Beast because like Belle's trying to teach girls to read, and you know this guy comes on like a girl who can read. It's like fucking <laughs> everyone could read in, the, in this society. God, it's interesting too because uh, yeah, I think that this they they kind of talk about like. Uh, in the production of this movie, all the research that went into it, and um, and it even like just look comparing it to the Scarlet Letter, just visually, just purely mm-hmm. on the visuals, it's just like this looks like somebody who knows a little bit more about this than well, whoever made the Scarlet Letter. But then, yeah, you're scene, totally right. That scene where the people are approaching from really far away—that's the other thing—is like, God, this translates so well from like to a Western, because you know mm-hmm. how you feel like there's a thing now of like how millennials feel about someone like ringing their doorbell or whatever. And it's like, what is What's like, happening? that's the worst you think you're about to <laughs> yeah. die. Yeah. But true. imagine how <laughs> much scary it would be in like this time period to yeah. just like see a person walking toward your fucking, your fucking farm. Yeah. Um, right. But it, but it, but it, that works really well for like the Western like genre of this, just how mm-hmm. anything outside is scary. Could be a major <laughs> threat. Yeah. Um, but that did feel more, I mean, comparing it to the Scarlet Letter we were talking about, and I did look up what the population of Boston was at the time the Scarlet Letter is set, and it's 1,200 people, which is about half of our high school, Andrew. That's and, insane. And, um, that town was way bustling. too bustling. <laughs> it was, it was a bustling, for And this sure. one is much, this is much more, like, it's funny to me that they live, he says they live eight miles from London, I think. Yeah, yeah. And there's fucking nobody <laughs> around them i know that's partly maybe the budget of the film but wow it's it is sparse out there in a in a way that does i guess yes feel authentic mm-hmm. uh whatever whether we're right or not um let's see one of my notes oh uh, thomas Th- thomas reminds me of uh i felt like he was channeling brad pitt <laughs> i thought he was really good except his teeth the, can i tell you the first thing I noticed about him was that his teeth were so perfect, and it did sure. make me go, "Oh, he's lying." <laughs> In addition to just <laughs> him seeming like a scary guy, but I was like, "Wait, he's this is not some guy who's like been struggling his whole life." 
that's interesting. Uh, yeah, you might be. They might may, 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 might be onto something there. Like maybe he comes from a place of privilege or something. Mm-hmm. Um, what else did I have? I do like the scene where they're in the woods chopping wood, or in the woods chopping wood, and mm-hmm. uh, the two of them are just uh, like reciting scripture to each other yeah. just to prove their own points. Yeah. Um, I think that's. I think that's that's. I think that's an important scene in the movie that I, I like that it kind of sets in a way it sort of it sort of separates the two of them from religion in a way like because it's like oh well you two are can clearly just use this for your own whatever you want your own mm-hmm. selfish reasons it has actually nothing to do with you know maybe nothing and to do with what's being read I will say it also the, the Tom is kind of generally reminded me of like you know the utopian like free sex communities of like the 19th century he's using words like or in america anyway he's using words like transcend and universal and unity which might be go okay he's sort of like pre-emersonian or something in a way um but he had a kind of interesting i personally have not heard i mean unless this is what like you know the church of satan believes or whatever but i doubt it uh that like he agrees like Jesus did die for our sins, which means that no sin we commit will, you know, <laughs> keep us out of heaven. And then, I mean, he also doesn't believe those things exist, but I'm like, hmm, that's a that's an interesting <laughs> take on like, the you know, the truth of the Bible that like, yeah, well, if he died for my sins then why don't I just fucking do whatever I want <laughs> if yeah. I'm still saved? Yeah, I like those parts. I I could have the whole movie could have been them quoting the Bible at each other. It would have been fine with me. <laughs> uh, what else do I have? I think that's. Oh, my last note. I love the opening the the shot early in the movie where it's just tracking the the duck across the screen. Yeah, that was cool. And then and, it, and then he sh- this was all so like, Heaven's Gate, like. Which is interesting because he used he leaned heavily on Heaven's Gate. Uh, oh, for really? Kind of, yeah, the look and feel of the movie. Hmm. Oh, cool. Which is but funny those... because then because you know he was talking about it and he I was reading something about it and he was just like, yeah, but that ended up not being a great idea because uh, I started having all kinds of there was like the 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 set flooded a bunch, uh, they ran out of money a bunch. <laughs> Like there's just a real hodgepodge of like funding for this movie because they had a they had, so like a, he in, invoked like the curse of yes their <laughs> producer <laughs> their producer died which oh. m- means it took it took the movie longer to get made Dang. Uh, yeah I so. did wonder because there was uh, especially early on in the movie there's multiple shots where you see kind of the yard and it's just like mm-hmm. sludge like it's just muddy and wet and I was like how would you like pull a camera rig through there or like you know mm-hmm. some of it looked handheld mm-hmm. but still like some I was just like that would be tricky. I did not. I, I uh, didn't you would, hear anything you about would, production. You would, you would lay boards down, and then you'd put did, the track on top of that. Did okay. they shoot in England? Plywood. Yes. Okay. Okay. Man, it must have been raining so yeah. much. I know. All, the, all, all those blue skies, I was, uh, I found very skeptical. Yeah. Well, and they're like, you know, to get all that fog and mist and stuff. Yeah, man. Um, I thought, yeah, it, again, like interesting comparing it to bad girls which was like so clumsily like aping leone and stuff and this had i mean i feel like we compare every fucking movie to barry linden but it did feel like you know 
mm-hmm. somewhat Barry Lyndon-y camera movements, Leone cap- camera movements, obviously like Chimino and um Yeah. I, I thought, thought it was cool. It felt very dense with like movie references, but in a like smart way as opposed to a Absolutely. Well, I I thought I thought there's that shot where like right before she goes to to kill the sheriff, which I love that whole that whole scene, just the brutality Mm -hmm. of it. Um, The fact that they cut to a they cut to a lot to a wide shot. So it's not like it's not gratuitous, but it's the anyway. But I I was thinking when that camera, that hero shot that when it circulates around, I mean, that's like Mm -hmm. to me, that's Michael Bay. Like, that's what I sure. think of. That's that's Michael. That is Michael Bay. That is uh, bad boys. That's bad boys. That's Martin Lawrence and Will Smith standing up into camp. Seriously. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I totally totally agree with you, and I think that's very very cool to. It feels it feels almost self consciously a movie. Like unlike The Witch, which I think is just almost trying to make you feel like you're just here there. with these yeah. people. Um, this is like both. It is kind of like actively involved in trying to sort of mythologize these these yes. characters and these yeah. these times, yeah. and that's kind of interesting. Yeah, in that I agree. in the same way as like a you know Shane or whatever. But um, but but without like without taking it to a place that feels you know untrue. Right. It's still it's still pretty. I mean, if I was thinking it was like a play, like I really liked how. People in the first couple of scenes, people talked over each other in a way that I was like, oh, this is more naturalistic or like like someone thought about like I think I think British movies or like, you know, again, Shakespeare, whatever, like people people who it felt like someone very, very deliberate about dialogue. And, you know, that I generally hate voiceover narration, but like this is the right kind of voiceover narration where it's doing something other than tell you what you're looking at. Right. Exactly. There's definitely like you're learning about Rebecca and, Mm -hmm. and I think also it's, it's, it's really helping drive the, the, the point of the movie home. I think, I think, uh, I think knowing that Rebecca is full of it really kind of helps sort of solidify Fanny in the end, like who we, what we think of Fanny as. And it also, I mean, it made the moment when Rebecca is shot. Um, wait, no, she shot or stabbed? Stabbed. She's stabbed. stabbed. Is stabbed, like, a little more shocking because you're like, well, who the fuck? Like, it just kind of throws you off because you're like, well, she's narrating this story. Yeah. So she, yeah. does she survive? Like, what's going on? Must is she, be a flesh you know, speaking from heaven? Yeah. <laughs> Um, I also thought it was interesting, like, given that, you know, there's that kind of, like, explosive violence at the end. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, what Fanny becomes is a Quaker um, who they are staunchly pacifist. Um, Maybe that's why she decided to be a pacifist. <laughs> I think so. I think I, I think it is part of it, I think. And, and I think it is kind of goes to your point about, like, what you said at the beginning, that there is a way between these two extremes um that are kind of presented to her as like these are your two choices um, it's just it's it's so it's so fascinating with the way things are right now where especially in america where it's like you are either a democrat or you are a republican and uh you know like and there's this sort of you know i don't know how much of it 
how true it is, but you know, there's this thing of like families being divided and all this shit. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's like, none of that has to really happen. People don't have to be, I don't know. I just, I just think about the politics of right now and what we just went through with the election and, and all this shit. And it's like, ah, oh, it is so satisfying to just see somebody flip the bird to everybody and be like, I'm gonna do my own thing. That's cool. Well, I also just, I mean, like, as you're saying that, it's like, I think that's totally true. And yet I don't know a Republican or a Democrat. Like, it's weird <laughs> that it's like so yeah. divided. And yet not one person I know neatly fits into whatever those <laughs> categories are. And yet that's presented to us as like the choice that is available. Well, I think that's, yeah, part of, part of that is probably a case of the news being the news, not actually being a reflection of reality. Well, but the news also just being controlled by the people who have a vested interest in maintaining those as the only two options. Sure. For society. <laughs> anyway, that's that's the main reason why this movie resonates with me. Do you guys think we're living in the Matrix? Um <laughs> No. I hope so. Oh, I thought that's. I, you never mind. do. I thought that's. You, what, so you hope you're a human battery. I thought that's what Kit was getting at. Never mind. I thought well, yeah, because if I'm a human battery, then there's there's hope that I'll be able to break out of the matrix and then jack in whenever I want and do karate. I'll show you human battery. <laughs> Get over here, bub. <laughs> <laughs> ah, ah, nice so dude. you so you don't care if life is a lie as long as you get to do karate. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah. Have you guys either? Cool. Have either of you seen Friendly Persuasion with like Gary Cooper and I think Dorothy Malone? Back in the day. That was a good movie. That was about Quakers. I think you both might enjoy it. It's very like classic Hollywood or, you know, uh, whatever you think of like Golden Age of Hollywood, mm -hmm. like big production kind of thing. I think it's William Wyler, too. I think, you know, everything, everything I see about it is it is it is William Wyler. Okay. Everything I see about seeing here about Quakers sounds freaking great, you know, because I Quakers I are think, pretty cool. They're cool. Like I think about the Quaker dude on the box, you know, yeah. how happy he is. He's got that big smile. He's mm -hmm. got that dope hat. Yeah. Anti-slavery, anti-war, gender equality. I mean, that's what you want, right? Plus, you get to quake. They're pretty cool. Um, also, just mm -hmm. one more thing about Fanny. I guess she is partially based on somebody. Mary Dyer. Yep, there it is. Should we I all become anything. Quakers? Sure. I wonder if Sarah would let me be, be a Quaker. I think I kind of am a Quaker. Yeah. Because I'm kind of like the coolest sort of Christian that there is. And if that's Quaker, then I guess that's. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, that brings us to the cruise minute. I really wish we had like a theme or like a music cue for that. I do one every week. I do. I, so do I, can I tell you, I have an idea okay. that I ran by Lee for a cruise minute, which would be him or the two or us or whatever, just going like, Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise. And like Tom just doing Cruise. the theme briefly, but only saying Tom Cruise. I, I think that's a great let's idea. Let's do it. We could, we could, okay. uh, let's get in the studio and put that down after this uh, episode. Okay. 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 Sounds good. All right. Um, I don't have a cruise minute. I still haven't I watched Jack Reacher. Okay. Good. What do you got? Um, that's fine. Uh, first of all, let me just say that's fine. I don't think I don't think that's one you should pressure yourself to watch. <laughs> no, I know. I just that was my cruise minute a couple weeks ago. It's gotta it's gotta hit the right right. It's gotta the timing's gotta be you know it's gotta be right. Yeah. Um. But let me just say uh, that there's some very unfortunate news. The man who taught Tom Cruise how to skydive has had his camper stolen. Oh no. Yep. 
That's his camper? His camper, yes. How do you know this? Is Tom Cruise... Because I Googled Tom issuing Cruise. A re- but why is that news is what I'm asking. <laughs> because he trained Tom Cruise how to skydive. Have you seen Mission Impossible Fallout? How did the news get a hold of that this is... item? Like, did he? what did he do? <laughs> did he make a GoFundMe? Did he post on a reward on Craigslist or... I, I have know. to I, know more. I can't, I can't find it now. <laughs> Did you dream this? No, I just looked it up a few minutes ago. <laughs> I was like, this is this this is definitely going to be my cruise minute, and now I can't find it. Although now I'm seeing there's a there's somebody who's been uh, there's a Tom Cruise impersonator on TikTok who's been using deepfake to in their videos. Hmm. And apparently, that's a thing right oh, now. Oh, Lee Lee uh, sent those to me. It didn't do it for me. I, I didn't. I think that's great. It didn't. Um, the guy doesn't sound enough like him. Although then he did start using his like mouth in a way that I was like, okay, that's very Tom Cruisey. Did you see the um, really? Did you see the really pretty first still from uh, like first like official image from Mission Impossible Seven? No. Oh, it's awesome. It's just it's. I mean, you know, it's just him running. Can, can you send? Yeah. Link it. Uh, yeah. Well, let's let's finish I would up, like to see. and then we'll just we'll do that. Okay. <laughs> okay. Thanks for joining us tonight, folks. Please join us next week for Kids Triple. But feature. wait, Mike. <laughs> but wait, Mike. What are we gonna What are we gonna watch next? Week? We haven't decided yet. We are. I have. Oh, you have. Wait, okay. no. We. What's your next triple kit? Yes, I mean, I have. We a know. Thing. We know, Andrew. But the audience yeah. doesn't know. Okay. Okay. So what's okay. your next triple? You You guys won't be able to hear this, but hold on. Can you hear that at all? A little bit. A little bit. Okay. For our next triple, we will <laughs> sojourn on point, Bien Sur, to Dr. Kit's pretension corner for a pas de trois of films dedicated to that fanciest of arts, La Danse. Yes, it's our first <laughs> annual <laughs> ballet month, and this little corps de podcast will foot ron de jambon tournant uh, our way through The Red Shoes, Billy Elliot, and a third movie that most definitely is a movie, Matthew Bourne's Swan Lake. Will Andrew reject that purest of cinema, the taped recital? <laughs> will Mike get stuck in a grand plié? Or will Kit manage to turn say enfant terrible into balletement? I don't know, balletement. <laughs> Tighten your buns and gird your dance belt. It's going to be a brise ride. Excellent. All right. Can't wait. Um. Oh, red shoes. I've been wanting to watch. That's Michael Powell. Mm-hmm. Cool. I'm excited for that. And Billy Elliot, obviously. Kit, Very may I say, your French is impeccable. <laughs> it's the worst because I've, as I've told you, I I had to pass a test to certify that I had learned to read French. Hmm. I never had to like in when you learn German, they have to teach you a little bit how to pronounce it. Not that I can mm-hmm. pronounce German either, but they have to teach you a little bit how to pronounce it so that you can recognize cognates when you're reading. Oh yeah, but French is so fucking easy that they don't they didn't bother to teach. <laughs> at all how to pronounce anything and it really i wish i had because now i work in a museum and everyone speaks french <laughs> and i can't you know i'm working on a you know anyway it, it's very embarrassing <laughs> to not be able to pronounce french at all <laughs> but also like i'm an american so whatever yeah yeah exactly <laughs> um cool so join us next week for that and slow motion triple feature was recorded in shropshire Special thanks to our producer, Lee, the man in the booth who makes us sound great. If you'd like to contact us, please do so at slowmotiontriple at gmail.com.